Hi, my name's Brian, and like most of you, I'm staying at home during the pandemic. To pass the time, I decided to get some of my friends on the record about what they're cooking, how they're doing, and anything else that might be on their minds. Join me on What's Eating You. After a week-long break from interviews, we're back to the pod. Joining us in our phased restart is Anissa, better known as Chebs by her adoring fans. Chebs is a friend and creator of the Instagram feed, One Minute Graphics, where she transforms podcasts, articles, and books into illustrated educational graphics. Like and subscribe now. Today, we discuss how we absorb information, talk about the expectations we place on ourselves around passion projects, and as a timely bonus, receive some good advice and perspective for all of us facing the uncertain fall ahead. Welcome to What's Eating You. You're the first guest after a long break. How do you feel about this? Wow, honored. I didn't, I'm, yeah, honored. Not as long a break as you've taken from listening to my podcast, Chubbs, but you know, it's still some, some time. You know what I find super exciting about these is that I remember when you went on the trip. Um, where was it that you all went? Was it to Missouri, Mississippi? Yeah, so I was a chaperone for a audio journalism trip to Alabama, Mississippi. So we actually went through um, Alabama for sort of background research to see a lot of the sites, civil rights tour kind of, and then to Mississippi. And there were some of those Jackson has the Civil Rights Museum. But then they did a, a, a bunch of reporting and uh, conversations in Mountain Bayou, Mississippi. So that's where I was for the better part of a week with the group watching them interview, um, record, and then months later seeing the produced reported stories. Do you feel like that's kind of where this started for you? Because that's how I see it. Uh, not quite, because theirs is a different style. And, and I think that, you know, their theirs were journalism pieces, right? So they were, um, certainly they did interviews, but they were more like you would think of the NPR piece, right? Where they have sort of the, the scripted story narrative part. They have the voices from the interview. They have scene, right? Sounds from the area where they are to place you there. Um, this is this is sort of a one-on-one convo. This is a little bit different. So it's a, number one, it's easier technically to edit. <laughs> so it's, um, I'm doing something different, right? I'm trying to hear from people what they, what they're feeling, what they're thinking. And so that's a little bit different than reporting it, that makes sense. Yeah, cool. So thank you for joining. Um, where are you in the world right now? I know you're, you're Zoom, your bright Zoom background, which people will miss out on, uh, knows, tell us where you are in your heart. Um, I am where I am in my, I am physically in Miami, Florida. Ah, so, you, so you, you're in the hot spot. I am in the hot spot. Oh, that's been interesting. I got tested for COVID this morning. Whoa. No, yeah, no symptoms or anything, but I had traveled down here. So my family's from here. Mm. Um, I spent the better part of quarantine down here, went up to Philadelphia, which is where I live for about a month. And then we just had a holiday this past Friday that I wanted to be home with my family for. So we had Eid al-Adha. And so no symptoms or anything, but I just figured for peace of mind, since I had just been on a plane, it might make sense just to go get tested. So. And so when will you know? Um, two to three days. 
That seems fast enough. Yeah. Are you isolating from your, or quarantining from your family or what have you? That's the... Yeah, and every time I leave my room, I, I'm wearing a mask. So that uh, peace of mind and also hopefully fewer restrictions once, I, once I get those results. Okay, well, geez, that's uh, hopefully I'm breaking the monotony of your, um, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, probably a lot of Disney Plus and other sort of typical quarantine things. I guess quarantine is the same for everybody, no matter where they are, as long as they have strong internet. We have strong internet. I guess the recent storm, obviously there's a hurricane that sort of rolled up the East Coast, although it probably made landfall a little bit further north than, than Florida. Yeah, we had a rainy weekend, but that was it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's tough. I was complaining to my friends that were up north about the tropical storm when it was down here, and then they ended up getting the, the worst end of it. How are things where you are? Do you have power and everything? So I, I have power in New Jersey. We lost power for about two hours um, okay. where, where I am, but there are people who have had lost power for two days at this point now. So it's, it's, it depends. There were in sort of the New Jersey region where power is provided by PSE&G. I think they estimated something like 12 million people in New Jersey had lost oh. it. So there's mutual aid crews from all over the, the all over North America really. I saw crews from Nova Scotia, from the South, basically the areas that weren't hit by the hurricane, send crews to Canada. They send crews to to the affected areas and they're just out there fixing power lines, they have transformers, different power lines to restore it to people areas. Oh, uh, like wow. I said, very lucky here, even though it was very rainy, 70 mile an hour winds and whatnot. And then um, you know in some cases, there's no way power's going to stay on with the way that you know, trees and power lines and all that stuff are around yeah. here. But all good now for me. Like I said, the power came back, the internet came back. Certainly in time for the podcast. I'm glad we didn't schedule it earlier in the week. Yeah, most important. But as to you, let's, I mean, people may not know, this is not the visual podcast. Maybe season two, we'll do, uh, we'll do the sort of YouTube simulcast of the, of the podcast. But you um, do a lot of things. One of the things I think is really interesting is you have gotten into, or maybe not gotten into, but you've started sharing, I guess you call them doodles. What, what, do, you, what do you sort of, tell me a little bit about this, um, this new project you're doing. Yeah, you, know, you want me to start at the, the kind of beginning of how I got into it or? Yeah, because I guess, you know, you, I feel like it's serious when you make a separate Instagram account, but even before that, you would just sort of share what, you know, it's across social media, your yeah. synthesis of information that you're learning, right? Yes. Yeah. So I call them doodles, graphics. I'm not sure what to call them, right? Because it's a mix of um, writing and also visualizations. So what I do most of the time is I listen to podcasts. I played around with the idea of like doing articles, but it didn't work out as well. And I basically take out the information. I try to make it into something visual that people can get the main points out of quickly. That makes sense. Yeah. So it's, I guess, I mean, people are familiar with infographics, right? But it's, it's different yeah. from that because you're like, you, you, I got it's like visual note taking, right? How, how do you, how do you even do this? How, how do you sort of start to capture or organize or, or, or draw out what you're hearing? How do you do that? Um, so this actually took a lot of like reverse training in my, in my head just for full transparency before like January, I didn't think of myself as a very visual or creative person, but then, and I was always very concerned about how to do things like the right way, like 
I didn't think I could draw certain things right because I'd never been trained in drawing them. But I think for this, the thing that I started to do more of is number one, when I hear things, I, th I think there's always a picture that comes to your head and just trying to capture it. And so sometimes they come out really badly, right? So um, there's some things that I really struggle with drawing like a circle of people, but like if that's what comes to mind when somebody says the word unity, just like drawing that. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing that I think is important is whenever there's like a main concept is capturing that and putting it into a container that draws attention. So those containers are sometimes post-it notes or they're pieces of paper or they're a book, but just drawing it in such a way that it is clear that it's important to, to the podcast. So when you're drawing this, are you like sort of doing it to capture information for yourself and it's, I guess, helpful that's that useful to other people? Or are you using it to communicate these things? You know, is that except the difference between sort of the internal and the external? How are you, how are you thinking about it when you're doing that? I think I'm generally thinking about how to communicate it to other people. I think that's a really good question. I hadn't thought about that before, but for example, there's lots of podcasts that you listen to that start off with like an anecdote about somebody's personal life. Um, and that's really important for how I understand it and it'll really inform my drawings, but I won't be able to capture it as well because it's not helping to communicate the point in my drawing. Like it'll take away from that for other people. Hmm. So that, that doesn't necessarily make a cut in the drawing, but it's, it's instrumental to helping you, like you said, it might, tell you what the shapes are that you're putting the containers or the ideas even right it might reveal those yeah. to you but you're not it doesn't help you to repeat that story that's not what you're doing for people right which is something that like, i hadn't really thought about until you just presented that distinction mm -hmm. like whether it's internal or external and so i noticed you were doing a lot around sort of you know science and technology obviously for example things like uh you know how we might contain covid or you know other sort of social is there an area that you're particularly interested in something that you that in general you're passionate about that you think you take a lot of notes on or a lot of doodles on yeah so that's actually how this started um is that i wanted to learn a lot more about the health industry and so i started off by listening to shorter podcasts that are easier to capture right because they um usually will have like a very quick summary of whatever information they're trying to communicate to you so I, I find it really interesting. I was trying to get more just aware. Um, and this is also like a place that, a area that I work in. So the more I can learn how to draw um, like doctors and hospitals, the better it would be if I ever wanted to apply that to my work. But I took a, a break from doing that in April because all of a sudden all of the health podcasts ended up being about COVID. And so I did like, maybe four or five of them. And I was like, this is, this is enough. You got the point across. Yeah, I got the point across. And then also just for me, it was feeling like it was making me more anxious than I needed to be, you know, to hear different experts talk about how dangerous everything is, um, which is important, right? And you need to be aware, but I think it's the same way that people say sometimes you just need to shut off the news. Um, there's no need to kind of fixate on on those things. So what's been one of the more interesting sort of doodles then that you've that you feel like you've produced or had to learn about? What's I'm curious what you're sort of like proud of or or think is really important. Opens Instagram. Yeah, li literally literally I'm about to pull them off. I'm not sure what my favorite has been. 
I think as a person, I'm pretty hard on myself. Um, and that's also been a part of this process that I'll probably talk about in a second. But it's like, I have to get out of that headspace and just start posting them, even if they're not the level that I want them to be. So, because I think that's how you, one, get more comfortable with it. And then two, get like really great feedback. Like your feedback has helped me grow so much in this, for example, um, from how I, I started to where I'm at now. So that's just like a growth mindset thing. Oh, you know what was, has one of been my favorites is the podcast about boredom and how that leads to new ideas. So maybe, maybe talk through that a little bit because that's obviously, well, not obviously, but this has been a big period for many people of, if not anxiety, of boredom, right? Right. Um, sometimes both. But yeah, so I think we, I think that's why it's been one of my favorites. And then there's also other ones like about being isolated mm. that I recently did that I also really like because again, it's very um, topical. Mm. But there was this really, um, interesting podcast about how boredom can lead to your most brilliant ideas and the idea is basically that doing monotonous tasks right when you're not really engaging with anybody when you're just like folding laundry it can um, help your brain make more creative connections so it's that and solitude are both two things that we kind of shy away from that are like unpleasant in the moment um, but kind of if you lean into it can be really beneficial and yeah, and I think, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, is that, I mean, there's, there's a meta conversation here because we're talking about a thing that people can't necessarily see at this moment. I know they'll all go run and look at it when we um, when we finish or even during the podcast. But I guess, like you said, these things are interesting and powerful and important in the moment. But as you're sort of, you know, applying the strategy of drawing, right, to capture the information, and you're applying like the learning, right? So the idea that being bored, because I don't know, it's weird, but you think of drawing or doodling or sort of sketching in the margins. That's something people do during meetings, right? Or do when they're taking information because it helps them retain it in a certain way, even if they're not writing the word, even, you know, whether you're writing, <laughs> you know, transcribing what's being said or whether you're just drawing curly cues, somehow that, mm -hmm. that action helps you log the information in your mind. And so I'm also curious, I guess, as you do these doodles, if that's also helping you not just represent the information, but also absorb it yourself. Yeah, I mean, I, I like to think so. I think for sure. Um, I think what I've noticed is that I, going back to the fact that like some parts of it you write, some parts of it you draw, the parts that I draw stick much more in my head than the ones that I write, right? Because then I think that's what you're talking about, like you're kind of making a connection with a different part of your brain and that connection helps you retain information so have you done a drawing about that yet that would be a good uh, place setter no but I'll, I'll put it on the list of things to do next i wonder what you probably couldn't do a one minute drawing on our on one of our on our podcast conversation i'm curious what that would even we're not really giving people information i guess but i'm curious like how would you think about something like our conversation i'm now trying to think about how you think about the information that you hear, like what kinds of images, examples maybe, of what kind of images jump to jump to mind as you think about, you know, what's important, right, in, in listening to something. Because you're probably not trying to listen to these things five times in a row, right? You're not re-listening and re-listening. Maybe you are, but I, it wouldn't make sense to me that you would have to do that if you have a strategy for how you do it. So, so basically, like, what's the what's the strategy when I'm actually writing them down or drawing exactly, them? Exactly, like how you would 
what you would be listening for or, you know, I know you said there's an idea, but are you like doing part of it? I'm just trying to get a sense of how it comes together. It seems, I just don't think this way. It's really interesting. Yeah. Well, um, to be honest, a lot of it, a lot of the work is done for me um, by people who are really good speakers or podcast producers that do a really good job at producing and editing. Um, you all can't see this, but I, I gestured towards him because he's one of those really great producers and editors oh. of a podcast. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And so I think with a really great speech, right, you organize things in a way that like your information is very clear. Um, so one of the things that I did when I was in high school is that I, I gave like a, a TEDx talk um, in Miami. Um, and I think I learned a lot about how to speak, but also how to listen. And so organizing your things into different categories. And I think most people in podcasts that are informational do that, right? They either have a beginning, middle and end, or they'll have like different buckets and they'll say like, these are the three most important things. Um, the ones that are really good will tell you right at the beginning what you're going to listen to. Um, and that's really helpful for me because I know um, when there's different um, milestones, for example, like if I miss getting something important and then I see them switching to the next part, that's something that I'll probably rewind and say, what did I miss here that they're trying to tell me that I need to make sure to communicate? Also, there's like a structure to how people talk. They'll say point, story, or anecdote, example, and then point again. And so sometimes those examples are really useful, but most of the time I'm trying to find an interesting way to kind of demonstrate that point. And yeah, and sometimes it just takes like doing it over and over again. So when I was doing the isolation infographic recently, um, I was looking back at my notes, right? So I listened to it one time. I just took notes all over one page. And then the second time I listened to it, I organized those. And there was a lot of stuff that didn't make the final cut because it just wasn't important the second time. And then there, yeah, I think it was mostly stuff that I had to cut, not a lot that you had to add. So you didn't miss much. I think that's, that's interesting that you're right. There is, a, there is a good analog there between sort of editing and a lot of it is, like you said, getting better at listening or hearing things that stand out or understanding the typical flow. You know, you start to know how a presentation or a conversation might unfold. And so you're prepared for it, I guess, right? Like you see it, you see it coming before it, almost before it, before it lands. But it's also interesting to hear that it is important to you naturally, even really just to be efficient about it, because I guess it probably wouldn't be. I mean, I guess it's hard to learn that way too, to read and reread and to read, listen and listen over and over without absorbing it. Probably doesn't make a ton of sense. I guess it's practice is really what you're telling me. And then preparation is the other piece. Are there things that you are, like you said, you gravitate towards? I know you've said what got you to this, like the um, ideas of communicating graphically medical topics or information. Are there things that you find yourself gravitating towards? I know you've talked a little about like, creativity and isolation what else is there maybe that, that you're like if you saw the podcast for example you'd want to listen and kind of know that you might want to illustrate yeah well sorry before I answer that just a few things going going back one it makes me insufferable to watch tv with is this whole pattern um spotting so you're right like I'll listen to a, a podcast and be ready for what's next it also means that when I'm watching television I'll be like okay I see what's happening here so Anyways, I just thought yep. that was funny that that's like the same thing. Huh. Two, another important thing is feedback. So when I think about being efficient and like making sure I'm getting the main points across and not the details, I remember you actually 
replied to one of my like infographics saying like this is great but there's a lot of text and we can't get as much information I thought when I was listening to it the first time I was like wow this is all fascinating let me write it all down but I guess going back to how do you communicate this for others sometimes you need the other people that you're trying to communicate to to let you know what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong other things that I gravitate towards I am really interested in things that are actionable for people um so there are a lot of topics that are really interesting but they're more abstract right so like when you think of like policy or politics yeah so those are really interesting to me personally as like a policy major I'm huge on research I love all of that but in terms of things that I want to share with others I want them to be able to see here's why this is important for you to make this change in your life I think I'm also searching for a lot of that. I think often about how our brains are always forming new connections and I'm trying to think about how can I introduce new habits that will make those better. And so any podcasts that will help me do that, I'm, I'm really interested in being able to share. And, and were you always just a big podcast person or is this something new that, that's coming this time? I, I've, it's ebbed and flowed. Um, in terms of like my interest in podcasts, there there were some that I really liked, but then, hmm. sorry, I'm just thinking, I didn't really listen to podcasts before they were on Spotify, which is relatively recently, right? Hmm. Um, that is interesting. <laughs> yeah, it was just like an, uh, an ease of access thing. Mm-hmm. I think I started listening to podcasts more maybe like late 2018, but not nearly with the frequency or like the intentionality as I do now. You subscribe to Spotify, like it's part of your sort of process or I don't know, your, you said you use Spotify, for example. So it's. Yeah, it's one of the things that Spotify tells me I, I should listen to. I'm a Discover Weekly guy myself, but I can, I'm glad my podcast is in the mix now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm curious, have other people, like you said, I gave you some feedback, obviously. And how, how much are other people sort of buzzing about your, you have a lot of friends, you're very popular. So I'm sure you're getting a lot of, a lot of feedback and notes what, what have your other discussions been like about one minute graphics um most of the feedback that i get comes from my older sister who i think is always kind of pushing me to be better and gives me good feedback but also tells me when things could be better you know interestingly other than that most of the commentary has been on the content hmm. right so people are like this is an interesting idea and we'll engage about that but not so much about how it came about i've gotten a lot of surprises um so basically people thought that I was like posting to my personal some random person's account that I thought was interesting and it's it's always really fun when people make the connection like oh like you drew this (laughs) (laughs) and so that also feels really great when I see that people that like I know started following the account that don't know it's me I'm like oh Hmm. thank you that's awesome yeah like you said initially it's sort of a you're practicing it's a skill you really want to develop how do you have goals at all for you know how you might build these out or use them or i'm just curious if you have thought if maybe you haven't but if you have thought that far ahead do you have a goal that you want to sort of achieve through this yeah i was actually just talking about this um with someone the other day like on a kind of coaching call about it so the answer is yes right i want to get better i want to grow it um 
I was talking to them specifically about how I think it's difficult sometimes because I think, hmm, let me try again. I was talking to them about how I see this as a passion project, but I feel like most of my friends that have passion projects end up becoming like side hustles and companies and like monetizing in some way, um, which then made me feel kind of inadequate. Like, is this something that I have to like capitalize on to in order to be worth something? Um, like, should I find a way to make money from this in order to justify continuing it? Um, and the answer we came to was no. Um, and I think it's really important that, I mean, I think side hustles and like starting your own company might be great for you, depending on who you are and what the idea is. Um, but just the, like getting rid of the idea that something has to be worth, have monetary value in order for it to have any value. And so then after kind of establishing that, I was like, okay, well, what does this look like if, if it's not measured by money? And then I started thinking like, it would be really great in order to like, to one better my drawings for myself, right? And then also two, is this something that I could partner with people on, right? Like, are there people like the podcast that I'm listening to, do they want me to do this for them? Is this something that I can do for nonprofits to help get their message across to other people? So basically still thinking about growing it, but not being concerned about whether anybody's paying for it right because i don't think that's what this is meant to be no that's interesting like i said you were still in the beginning stages right but it's i think it's exciting so i'm glad it's i'm glad you've been thinking about it more than just sort of like uh this is just a fun thing i do to capture information about things i'm interested in and then i move on because you're i think you're good at it so you know thank you keep it up thanks so i also want to i want to shift gears a little bit like you said um, you're in Miami and uh, it's hard to, well, frankly, at this point everywhere is <laughs> having, uh, you know, an a COVID experience of one sort or another. And I guess I'm curious to know, not necessarily, like you said, your test, I guess we'll hear about the results oddly before I probably released my podcast, but after we were talking about it. And so, but how are you managing otherwise? Like you said, I know you're spending time with family now and you've been thinking about things like isolation and how to grow from it, but how are you, how are you actually managing yeah, that's, that's the question. Um, you know, I think it'll, it depends on the day. I think generally people are feeling really tired. I just remember like at the beginning of quarantine, everybody was on Zoom calls, you know, like Zoom happy hours and friends were getting together and like there was a Zoom call all the time. Um, and people had all these tips for staying mindful at home. And I think generally people are just kind of tired of it, right? They just like, we know what we could do, but it's really hard to, right? It's hard to stay mindful. It's hard to do these practices because after, after a certain amount of time, it's just, it's just tiring. I think for me, I think it's, it's been like a lot of acceptance of that. I think I have a hard time being okay with not having control over my mood and emotions so this has kind of been my first experience with like feeling like a lot a lot a huge loss of control over the environment and my future and just dealing with all this uncertainty and kind of the anxiety that comes with that so i think lear i've learned a lot about what will help ground me 
if I'm feeling anxious or if I'm feeling down, a big part of that has been running for me, which I really enjoy doing. And I also only like started like this year. So I'm glad I found that before quarantine started. I think another part of it has just been like keeping a network of, of friends that you can call up. And I don't know, I that and structure um, are things that I know are better. This drawing actually really helps like calm me and empty my mind a little bit, right? Because I'm inputting other people's information instead of trying to worry about other things, right? I'm only focused on those like 20 minutes of podcast um, and I'm not having to have my mind wander over what's next and what I don't know because then I'll miss something that they say. So I think that's interesting. I've never thought about that, but it's actually been like a mindfulness exercise for me. But yeah, so I guess to answer your question is not great all the time, um, but learning kind of how to accept that um, in order to be good more of the time. That's the thing, we're trying to be okay. Yeah. Like you said, there's, there's more than just internally that you're able to do, which is good. But like you said, so much uncertainty about even what, what we, in the beginning, what we could do, what we may be able to do with next month, a couple months down the road. I mean, we're hopeful about 2021, but geez, we were hopeful about July and August, right? So I guess yeah. <laughs> got to maintain that hope. I, I think what's also interesting is that like, like it is such a community thing, right? And I'm, I'm really big on community. And I think that was like part of the reason that it was also hard on me that I didn't, wasn't able to physically be with my community. But the thing now is that like, when I am feeling like anxious or uncertain, I message other people and they're like, I'm also feeling this way. And this is what I do, you know? And so whether that's like a group chat or even just like on Instagram, generally just like, how are you feeling and the complexity of what that answer entails and what are people doing about it? Even if it's just like sitting with it, that's also been really helpful to kind of lean on the fact that there's other people going through this experience with us. Yeah, you are good at sort of uh, crowdsourcing experiences or recommendations or ideas from people and, and sharing them, actually, which I think is another important part of connecting people back because, number one, you know, they see themselves in the, you know, in the, among the panoply of, <laughs> of recommendations or of thoughts or of emotions or, like you said, those sorts of things, but they also get to see other people um, are in there, too. For example, you just recently solicited a bunch of, I think, nonfiction books, is that right? And so mm -hmm. that was a, there was a long list. I know you made um, an IG uh, highlight of it, but what, what would you tell people they ought to read coming up? What, what did you enjoy? Oh, yeah. So I asked for nonfiction specifically because that's not my mm. preferred. Um, I'm really big on fiction. Uh, but most recently I read a book that is called The Defining Decade something about why your 20s and why they matter, which was a very scary title for me and a lot of people that I recommended it to. But I think it kind of even goes back to the whole idea of the podcast that I choose. It's just things that tell you how your brain works and um, how, to, how to action on it. So I've been recommending it to everybody, including people that are not in their 20s. Because I'm just like, yeah, it's just, it's amazing. It just helps you one, know more about how your brain works, know how to deal with things that you might think are like individual um, issues that are actually just representative of like just where you are in life. It helps you be more deliberate about the choices that you're making. And it gives you a lot of space 
to make those decisions and kind of like the, the long longitude of life. I don't know if that term makes any sense, but I'm hoping the idea comes across. No, I mean, it definitely does. I think, like you said, there's uh, whether you're in your 20s, whether you're going to be in your 20s, whether you have previously in a past life been in your 20s, I still think there's something to be said about it's kind of the whole COVID moment period, right? Of sort of being more intentional and introspective and deliberate about what is actually happening. Because for so much, particularly of you know the way life was, things were so were always happening and you know, routine is important, but it really helped also help people to sort of move past things really quickly and easily. And now we don't have that same luxury with a lot of things outside of coming to the same workstation and you know um, with a, with pajama bottoms on. But helping people maybe take stock and perspective. I've said this several times talking to a bunch of people, but I think this moment's been continues to be really instrumental in helping people imagine, you know, what's actually not even imagine, but analyze within themselves what is important and imagine what could life be like then, you know, once we get out of this. Mm-hmm. I think that's really, really gonna be important stuff. So as we wind down, how much longer do you think you'll be in Miami? I hear that's actually a fun place to to be given the weather and the summer. All the events. Well, that's everywhere though. So, you know, it's like, what's any place without the events? Yeah. Um, so how much longer am I going to be here? Yeah, because you, you like it down there, I presume, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I like it. Um, I like being with my family. My network's in the Northeast mostly. Mm. But I will be going back to the Northeast when it's time to take my younger sister to school in the fall, color building. Oh, so you're waiting, waiting a few weeks then? You're excited to excited to make that, that that family trip up. Yeah, I am. Drop her off, nest nest her in. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think I might be more excited than she is. I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is this is amazing. So, do you have advice for people who are starting college in this crazy, you know, again under the circumstances with lots of restrictions and thinking about how they'll interact and you know what that experience, particularly what people expect or want or hope college to be? How have you? How do you help frame that for her? Or how would you frame it for, you know, again, people generally who might be experiencing that moment? Yeah, that's a really good question. I'm not sure I have any advice. You know, I'm I'm really cognizant when I'm giving advice about like knowing when I'm not in a position to, you know, like if I haven't, I can't, I can't tell somebody that it's going to be fine, right? Because I was able to go to school in a different time. But I think what, has been really remarkable about this class that just graduated in 2020 and that's going to school in the fall is that they have really found a way to create a community through this. I think that they have had a lot of hardships that they've all dealt with really, really well, right? So many milestones that were supposed to happen in the spring that didn't. Um, So I think this is kind of, like I'm sad of course that they won't be able to have like the traditional on-campus experience, but I think I guess for me, community and class bonding is really important. Um, so I think like I'm hoping that their classes come out really strong from this. Right. I mean, how many people at a reunions are going to be able to say that they started school during a pandemic? Very few. So I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited. I think college is a great time for people to learn and grow and challenge beliefs. And even though it's going to look different this year, I'm excited for them to go through that process. Oh, you made me actually a little more hopeful now. I'm excited about it. So thank you for that. Good. I'm glad. And uh, tell your sister good luck from me as well. Yeah, I will.
All right. Is there anything else you wanted to, you thought might be important to share or that you think we've forgotten or just want to give you a chance to have the last word? Yeah. Um, so I think this is the most important thing that I keep trying to tell everyone nowadays. So I've never thought of myself, I think I said this already, but as a creative person, right? Like I was never like the artistic kid. I, I like shied away from all of that stuff. But I think that along the way, I started telling myself that I wouldn't be able to do it, right? Like the reason that I didn't was because I couldn't. And so I felt the same way about sports and exercise, right? I was just like, this isn't my area. This is not something that I do. In November, I started running. And what I learned through that experience is that you just have to start, right? And so you're going to start and you're going to start by running one minute and walking five and that's okay and then eventually you'll be able to run many miles in january i was presented with the opportunity at work to go through this new training program and then part of that training kind of as a surprise to us that we're there was that we were learning how to draw and that was like kind of terrifying for me and everybody else there because we were always like very analytical people who had never been like really creatives before and so i kind of decided to lean into it then and just start drawing. And so if you look back at my notebook from those training days, it's like, they're, they're really terrible. <laughs> they're not very good. They don't get the message across. Lots of times you can't tell what it is. Lots of suns and like little trees. But then I think that's part of the reason that I started this is that I just wanted to keep trying and practicing. And then I just like kept sharing it because I thought they ended up looking cool. And eventually people told me like, you should make a different page for these. And so I think all of that to say that I think it's really important for everybody to kind of have this growth mindset and to try things that you're interested in, even if you've never been good at them, because that's really how you start to find out. Thank you. That's awesome. Well, Chad, thanks so much for spending an hour with me, even if I was six minutes late. Really appreciate it. It's good to see you. Good to talk to you. Yeah, same. Thanks. Thanks for speaking with me. And with that, we are back on track with What's Eating You. A big thank you to Chebs for encouraging us to take that step and pursue the things we thought were out of reach, for reminding us to stay hopeful and connected to our communities, and for bringing us along on those illustrated lessons. Please subscribe to at One Minute Graphics on Instagram and keep getting smarter by the picture. Take care. We'll have you back for another good conversation next week.